0: This is our first Suburb Trends Report for 2021. Here we are in February and we'll be looking where prices are moving across the country, either up or down, and why they're moving. In this episode, we'll be taking a short walk back in time and looking at the most popular suburbs at the beginning of COVID. Will the list look the same today? (laughs) Welcome to The Elephant in the Room. This is the podcast where we love to talk about the big things in property that never usually get talked about. I'm Veronica Morgan, real estate agent, buyer's agent, co-host of Deals Location, Location, Location Australia and author of Auction Ready.
1: And I'm Chris Bates, mortgage broker. And I'm the data geek, Kent Larger. Before we get started, I need to let you know that nothing we say on here can be taken as personal advice. We always recommend you engage the services of a professional.
0: Don't forget that you can access the transcript for this this episode on the website, as well as download our free full or forecast report, which experts can you trust to get it right? The elephantintheroom.com.au. This month's focus is online search activity and what it tells us about buyer demand. So, Kent, how are we going to approach this data episode?
2: Yeah. So what we've done is we've uh, identified those 10 most search properties. We focused on a list published by REA, which was uh, house, house search. So we identified the 10 suburbs we've gone through. We've created something called a suburb story, which allows us just to go through uh, data item by data item, including a nice big data visual. We've taken an aerial view image of each suburb, gives us a bit of a handle on what the suburb looks like and oh, it's then pretty we
0: fancy actually on your website which we'll have the link in the notes obviously
2: yeah look i think the great thing for me since using these aerial images with doing the suburb reviews is you get a much better grasp on it than you would on the ground looking at you know listing mm. photos or a map you know i know chris mm. that your favorite thing looking at maps but you don't get a feel for the suburb whereas these drone images or helicopter images at that right height It's just such a wonderful way to get a a grasp of what the suburb is. Yes.
0: So, okay. So, where do you want to start? Do we look at do it? Just want to list through what those top ten suburbs were, and then we sort of hit them a bit one at a time. Do you want to do it that way? Yeah.
2: Let's go in. So we've got. uh, I'll list them off quickly. We've got New South uh, New South Wales, got Newtown. Uh, which we all know, you know that all too well, South well, Melbourne.
0: Can I interrupt, uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, obviously I will and I have, but um, you know how every episode you put something from Newcastle in?
2: Well, there is no new. I'm sorry, that there's no Newcastle, but well, you've I- just thrown it in. Thanks.
0: Well, well, Newtown is where I live and that is top of the list, right, top a year list. ago. So let's just hope it still is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we'll find out. South Melbourne, uh, Hornsby up the road. Uh, Albert Park, down uh, just on the uh, outskirts of uh, Melbourne CBD there. Uh, Watsonia in Victoria. Brunswick in Victoria. Paddington in New South Wales, where well, you know that all too well. Up to your neck of the woods, Chris, Collaroy. Then we're back down to Victoria, Hawthorne. And then Balmain. And, again, oh. that's, that's, that's a space that you know all too well as well as myself.
0: That's where my office is, absolutely. So... Interesting. So these, let's just also say these aren't where the the top 10 for growth or top 10 for prices or anything <laughs> like that. This is actually the top 10 most searched suburbs a year ago.
2: Yes. So let's start with Newtown.
0: Okay, hit it.
2: So... Um- Looking at prices now, obviously, the disclaimer on prices is we always worry a little bit. If there's not enough sales volume in the suburb, they can be a bit rubbery. But with a lot of these suburbs, they do have half decent sales volume. So using a rolling 12-month median, they are not too bad when we're comparing prices. So we're up to about uh, a listing price at the moment av- on average, just about 1.45 for Newtown. And if you go back about a year ago, that was about 1.4. I'm rounding, but there has been yep. a steady a steady jump in, in, in the asking prices um, in the housing market. Now, yep. interesting, I think the biggest thing that we found with COVID, it's been the impact on high-density units, and especially somewhere like Newtown because of the proximity to the university. So if you look at prices there, there hasn't been much movement at all. It's probably increased by about $5,000, which by Sydney standards at the moment, that's not a big increase in price uh, if you uh, compare it to what's
1: going on in other spots like Coleroy, Chris. I think the interesting thing with Newtown is that what we've seen is, say, 12 months ago, the pressure cooker was uh, building enormously Um, because the market had bounced back from after that election you know market really run late 2019 so early 2020 is when this was done Um, everyone thought they had to go to the city Um, you know there was COVID hadn't happened really yet all the lockdowns Uh, and so a lot of buyers were looking at that inner west pocket as the one part you know for 1st home buyers is where they would be thinking they could get a house in an area they want to live and so I think what that area hasn't been what a lot of people, first-time buyers have been looking at at the moment because they're going, well, I'll move down towards, say, north of Wollongong or I'll go to Central Coast or I'll go to the beaches or et cetera. But you can kind of see why that would have been such a hot suburb 12 months ago is because really it was one of the only pockets people could buy lifestyle, buy a house that they want to raise a family in that's also kind of near the city. That's, that's So it doesn't surprise me that Newtown's kind of top of the list. And just fantastic rail services. Yeah,
0: yeah we well can see that in your drone image.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I lived in Stanmore while I was renovating my house in Newtown and Stanmore's on the train line, but Stanmore um, only has one line. You know, it's only on one line, so trains come every 15 minutes, whereas Newtown, there's a number of different lines yeah. in that station and it is, it's so many more trains available and, you uh, which is interesting, not that I catch train that often, but when I do, it's obviously something that I really like. But you mentioned apartments as well. There's actually not that much in the way of high-rise apartment in Newtown. I mean, there are some, but it's certainly not, it doesn't have the density of some other suburbs around, like Alexandria, for instance, which is only two suburbs away, but there's a massive density there and increasing, and then that's right on the edge of Zetland and and, uh, Green Square, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, the locals put a stop to that. There was a big push about uh, 15 years ago or 10 years ago to get um, uh, some units built over the rail there down near McDonaldtown, and the locals, mm. but the locals really put a big stop to that.
0: Yeah, they did. And, and there's all Erskineville as well. I guess that what I'm saying there, though, is that the knock-on effect is of having all of that overdevelop- overdevelopment on your doorstep does mean that that impacts on growth for apartments in neighbouring suburbs, even though they that actual suburb may not be massively overdeveloped. Yes. Um And, and you know, I tell you what, though, at the moment, Newtown's is hot, hot, hot. You know, every time we yep. go, go to an open house, there's queues around the corner. Mind you, that's everywhere. And yeah. and also, it's exacerbated by those agents who are actually taking the COVID-safe uh, uh, approach. Uh, seriously, and actually limiting the amount of people inside the house at any one time, so it can look like even a less popular house will have a queue out the front, as as will a very popular house, you know. So, and I actually, I don't know, I've got a little sneaking suspicion that might be somewhat contributing to a little bit of the FOMO that's out there at the minute,
2: oh, like a nightclub.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, there's the bouncer. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yes, the the nightclub effect. <laughs> anyway, so so, but do we have any search data to compare?
2: It was their top their top 10 most searched suburbs a year ago. Mm. So I thought, you know what, a year on, let's dig deep and see if that, that search criteria or that search really resembles anything in reality. And mm. obviously there's been, it's been an interesting year to say the least. <laughs> um, but, you know, the standout for a suburb like Newtown is that, you know, it does have a few units and the unit market has been impacted marginally mm-hmm. by COVID. And a university. So, you know, there's not an abundance of unit stock. I'm mean, At the moment, I'm looking at it, there's only about 13, on average, 13 units listed for sale. So that's not going to have a massive impact. Um, but, you know, as you said, days on market, it's just, it's like 24 days to, you know, on average, that means half the properties out there are selling in less than 24 days. Well, what a,
0: yeah. And also, you got to think with auctions, auction can actually push the days on market out a little bit. You know, yeah. Um, so really, anything. I think an auction campaign, an auction campaign, really almost runs twenty four days. hang <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> on. <laughs> so what about South Melbourne? Because of course, you know, that's an inner, obviously an inner suburb. That's it's got a lot of similarities to Newtown in terms of proximity to the city hmm. um, and style of architecture as well, style of property. Um, what's and but of course, poor old Melbourne had a. Four, four months really locked down with not much was happening in the property uh, space and I hear that you know it's come out of the gates raring to go at the uh, moment.
2: Melbourne I think across the whole of Victoria at the moment you look at the maps that, that we create and it's a bit mind-blowing uh, it's hot the housing markets are hot everywhere it's only a couple little pockets our usual suspects which are the house of land regions but Outside of that, it's just a sea of a high demand, low inventory across the whole state. It is mind blowing. But talking about South Melbourne, yeah, very similar in price, obviously, to Newtown. I think at the moment you wouldn't find too many properties um, below a million. It's about 1.588. So about 1.6 million is your typical median uh, price for a house. Uh, a unit at the moment, about 525, they are going down. And you just mentioned it earlier, Veronica. I think South Melbourne is being impacted very much by those high-density uh, suburbs that are adjacent to it. Um, there's a reasonable volume of houses listed at the moment and a very mixed bag, about 19 uh, houses listed for sale. so uh, And some fascinating properties. When I had a bit of a look through that we usually do, you know, I thought, oh, gee, there's a renovator's dream, but a bona fide one that you could pick it up and you know do a great job with and turn it into a a healthy profit so yeah uh, it's a fascinating <laughs> suburb
0: careful about that <laughs> uh, hang
2: on. yeah well, no, 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 spruiker um, yeah yeah but,
0: hey uh, but on that i mean the thing is and this is where it's hard too because you're talking about median prices and we've discussed median at length with you um around the weaknesses and problems with using median um but you sort of don't have a better alternative right because in a in a suburb such as newtown there's quite a wide diversity of properties you know you've got your Little tiny workers' cottages and terraces, right up to sort of multi-million-dollar, you know, renovated um, wider terraces or sort of converted warehouses or whatever. So there's there's a, a fair spread. Um, and I and I think South Melbourne has somewhat similar compositions, So therefore, the median can be skewed by lots of little houses selling, all or more of the bigger ones.
2: Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, I, I, we've got the pro, on the suburb stories that we're all the reviews that we've put up here. We've got all the price segments, which I know you love. Mm, and um, I do love that. And so I've done a better version of that a version a version twenty twenty one of it. And on the chart, we've got South Melbourne, for example. The bulk of your sales are up above two million dollars, and you know what, what's included in that is a lot of your development sites and whatever. So, you, when you're when you're talking about median mm. prices, it's you just can't, You've got to take it with a grain of salt. You've almost got to say, of oh, the properties listed today, what do I? What, what's what's the typical price of a property listed today? I wouldn't look at it or phrase that to say how much have prices grown.
0: Here's here's a question for you. And I don't know the answer, but it's a request that I have for you that I've been meaning to give
2: you. Uh, and I'm you're going to gonna put it. me on the spot, and I will well, come then, and are. Uh, you know uh, that.
0: Uh, can you please extend the upper price bracket beyond two million?
2: Because uh, yes, yeah, I can. okay. And, and,
0: well, the listener, so price the these price segmentation graphs, which I do love, they do visualise and to show you exactly in each price bracket how many properties have transacted in the previous twelve months, or it's a percentage. You express that as a percentage, don't you?
1: Uh, I do. And
0: it's really valuable. But the problem is when you've got a property a suburb where your median price is, you know, maybe one and a half million or more, there's you've got a whole bunch of um, sales. Chucked in the 2 million plus bucket, but there's no differentiation beyond 2 million, where you might have properties at three or two and a hmm. half or whatever. So that would be really valuable for those more expensive suburbs. I
2: will. I'm just it's just showing my age, Veronica.
0: <laughs> and what prices were when you left Sydney. So <laughs> back, back to Sydney, we've got Hornsby, completely different type of market. This is really on the outer edge of Sydney, but in the northern sort of on the on the, really the edge of quite literally the yeah. edge of Sydney. But it's very bushy, very suburban, but very established. I mean, it was sort of developed really about, I don't know, what, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years oh, ago. Longer, yeah.
2: But, I mean, it's, it's one of those trains, talking about the train state, mm. got a fantastic train line that verges out and you can get down to Sydney, you know, via two pathways so it's well serviced. It's got a lot of good schools up around there as well, yeah, and sure. it's one of those markets that you know. I recall a couple of years ago saying, "Oh, this is looking a bit wobbly," whereas right now it's hot. And you know, the REA search credit to to their uh, analysis. Um, it is a
1: hot, very hot market right now. Mm. So, so that market, in terms of what median growth have you seen over the last twelve months? To 2021.
2: Yeah. Look, in terms of the the house prices, you, you were looking at around one point one four million a year ago. Yeah. That's jumped up to close to, closer to one point three. So there's been a big shift uh, yeah. in, in that. Uh, units uh, haven't really gone anywhere. So so you know, Flutters attack on the unit space from my perspective. But what is a standout? Uh, I think that it's very tight for listings. Again, same story that you know, you've, you've same problem everywhere else. Um, yeah. but the inventory level or the market conditions, as I like to refer to it, you know, we, we're talking one of so many suburbs
1: now are below one month of inventory. Mm. So that doesn't surprise me. With Hornsby, you know, you think of what's happened over that last year. People are willing to go further than they were before. So yeah. a lot of people want to live on the North Shore and. They were happy to go up the Upper North Shore, but they wouldn't really want to go all the way to Hornsby just because of the commute time starts to blow out and on the trains every day. But, you know, in a world where you only have to potentially come in two or three days, then you're willing to make that sacrifice, right? And so you can get bigger houses out there on bigger blocks surrounded by bushland uh, and still a train to the city when you want to. And then you've got the North Connects going in there as well. So um, we were seeing clients go there um just because of affordability in that sort of 1 to 1.5 range you've got a lot of sort of first home buyers that that's what they can afford and they want to get something they can grow into so you know you can't buy something much closer to the city um down that train line if you want to be in the north side so um that's another reason why it's a very good price point for sort of you know first home buyers
2: makes sense the only thing I'd call out there is the vacancy rates are up above percent. So, you know, it's just a question of whether that will have a
1: spillover into the unit market in the coming months. Oh, there is a lot of units there on the the main roads um, and around the train station. And, you know, a lot of the places in the North Shore, there's there's lots of units getting built along the Pacific Highway. Oh, except. yeah, Asquith. Um, yeah, that, you know, but I guess if you're moving up there, you know, you're not going up there to rent. Like, the reality is you, you might rent for a short period while you suss the market out, but most people make those big you know decisions to go and buy something up there so you know it's the rental yields and investors it's not really something that um you know that's not the market you want to be playing in it's the buying market or the selling market
0: it's what makes me sort of sad i guess for all all those people buying that brand new those brand new apartments on that that north that corridor yeah. pacific highway and you know, because you know, it's all—it's that whole home bias too. You know, a lot of North Shore owners and people that live up there—they go, yeah, oh, you know, I just get a nice. a nice little investment property around the corner, yeah. just appreciate, etc., etc., etc. But they're not really thinking, well, who is the tenant going to be? Um, and yeah, the demand just isn't isn't there because it, exactly that has been built because the state government has said basically each local government area has to build more of this stuff. So yeah, um, exactly. you know, Not because there's really a demand. For uh, from actual owner occupiers to inhabit these
1: properties. Well, there's some good downsizers stuff though. I mean, I have seen um, you know, like where you've got a lot of people in the North Shore that don't want to leave there. They've got their friends, their community, mm, their
0: family, doctors, etc.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and they do want a nicer, bigger apartment that might be you know uh, six, you know, three bed apartments, you know, in a good street. So there is some of that stuff getting built, yeah, um, but it's different. cheap and cheerful. Box, um, you know, things that look like microwaves—they're—they're the, they're the ones. One. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What often happens
2: with these new builds, you know, where there's a whole stack of new properties coming on for rent, is the rent—it does influence the rental price often. Yes. Um, but here it hasn't. So we've seen rental prices drop by about ten dollars a week. So even with that new stock coming on, prices have come down.
0: Yeah that's interesting because there's usually a, a like a blip with increased rentals but then it does come down when you've got no demand like you got at the moment you know you got too many apartments available for rent across the whole city. Yeah. Um now Albert Park back uh, to Albert, Melbourne Albert, I love Albert, Albert Park. And, you,
1: and doesn't it look beautiful?
0: It's so pretty. Yeah. It's a lovely so, spot. It's
1: probably the most beautiful suburb in Melbourne for my my view anyway right you have got the bay Heritage houses for the, you know, massive big double frontage. Everyone's been renovated. Everyone's renovated. Tree-lined streets. Um, Yeah, literally 10 minutes from the city. It's a pretty amazing suburb. I'd I'd love to have a buck. Um, you'd probably be looking at around, you'd need a
2: budget of around $2 million to be playing there at the moment.
0: least, Not, yeah,
2: not a lot of, of listings. Um, so at the moment, I think you'd probably find up around 16, but you know, blink and that goes down to below 10. So it, uh, it, it's a, it's a hot and hard market to get into. Um, unit wise, there's not a lot of units there. So that does protect, you know, that does protect the market somewhat. Um, it's again, a lot of these hotspots are all below, you know, around that 24, 25 days on market. So things move very, very quickly. Uh, the inventory um, levels are low. Um, so it did come off a peak of around four months, but I th- I think with a lot of metrics in and around Melbourne, we're still just seeing some of the after effects of lockdown. But it's a hot market regardless. I think it's down to about two months of inventory.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's very strong. Um, and into until- I wonder where this one go, Kent, is this the dreamers? Like search yeah. data. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not really... And this is what REA getting better and, and Domain I know, are looking at this sort of stuff as well where they're trying to, you know, break down the amount of data they get is ridiculous yes to me they've got access to the best data in the property market but how they cut that data up takes takes skill right Kent you're a dad well, nerd. well so-
2: yeah yeah I I would um personally if I were down there and they said Kent help us out I'd be dumping it into machine learning and then tying it to things like inventory and then what you would do is you'd find that it may not work in the dreamy state you know say so, hey just because I'm looking up near Noosa doesn't mean I'm moving there it's because I'm bored in my unit in Melbourne <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Albert Park is one of those suburbs, right? Like you know, property P O R N. They sometimes call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of one of those areas where you can just, you know. Spend hours and hours just dreaming of a home that you're never going to be able to afford. It's yeah. a little bit
0: the same in Paddington, Hawthorne and Balmain, actually. I mean, so you know, but it, but it is funny because in this list you've got Newtown, South Melbourne, and Brunswick, which are the sort of inner city um, affordable options, you know. Hmm. So you've sort of got a bit of everything in this list. But where the hell is Watsonia?
2: Yeah, it's well, you have to kind of look at the map to to know where it is. It's northwest of Melbourne. Um, hmm. So yeah. How so, far
0: northwest? I'll uh, look it up while we're talking. Yeah, look
2: <laughs> it up. tell us how long. I reckon in traffic it's going to be about an hour.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Well, why the hell are people looking up there? What is there? <laughs> <I> just
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I'm an urbanist, don't you? Yes. Um,
1: you, you just... Mind
0: you, yeah, yeah. So do. So, so. Have you got not. any ideas on this? <laughs> um... Hey, it says it's 16 kilometres northwest. It's not that far. It's like yeah, the I mean, middle.
1: Living in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting so I reckon this one is similar to um Hornsby mm-hmm. because yes. the reality is um what's only are it's on a train line and that train line is pretty decent it goes to the city uh and you've got, it's, it's really full of green sort of, Eltham's got, you know, we have clients by there, Montemersi. Roussi, oh, it's in that
0: area. Other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's big pocket, blocks, yeah. like, mm. um, surrounded by trees. Um, and they're, it's a pretty, you know, pretty place to live. Um, and it's still sort of affordable. What's the median here? Seven,
2: was, yeah, $7.90 at the moment is the yeah. median listing price. So it's a, God, it's, it's odd to say that's affordable, isn't it? But...
0: Yes, it's all relative though, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's more affordable. So if you go a little bit on the other train line, which is like the Preston Reservoir, you know, you don't get much for a mill, right? And yeah. so you can go a little bit further to the west, still be surrounded by lots of parklands and things like that. Um, and it's much more, you know, that under around a mill marks probably where a lot of 1st home buyers are in Melbourne, maybe a little bit more in Sydney. Um, and so, yeah, it's still in that sort of first-home buyer, get family homes, you know, establish suburbs, reasonable schools all that sort of stuff
2: not a lot of listings though there's only about five at the moment on average so just not much at all so yeah it's um it's days on market i think we've got around what 28 so yeah it's very very similar but yeah inventory level very tight one month of inventory
0: yeah so it's continued so it was high on the list last year looks like it's high on list again yes Still high on the list, but yeah, it is interesting because once again, it comes back to that affordability. So, what's coming into this list is is that once again that combination of affordability slash aspiration. So, yep. we, another affordable um, option for as in a city type affordability is Brunswick, one of Let's my favourite in in Melbourne. There
2: you go. It's very like,
0: similar to Newtown. One of the reasons <very laughs> I like it there, and Fitzroy. Yeah,
2: old working class roots. Mm. Um, at the moment. Uh, just over a mil. So, yeah, uh, that's interesting. So that would be, re- you know, I think reflective of the style of houses, obviously a lot of um, small block terraces um, there, so just over a mil. Um, but a year ago it was about the same price. So this one's kind of looking at, you know, at the moment you would have to say the search, the search, the high level of search hasn't really been reflected in massive
1: shift in, in the market or an increase. Mm. Yeah. Brunswick's a massive suburb. It's, you know, it's like there's three or four train stations in that suburb and there's a lot of nicer properties in that sort of mid ones, like three, town uh, houses on, you know, three, 400-square-metre blocks, which is quite big for Brunswick. Mm -hmm. Um, I reckon they're going really well. Um, But then there's lots of uh, two beds and, you know, smaller three beds on smaller blocks, um, which I think will be driving the median down because... You know, they're not as desirable as they were prior to COVID because, you know, people want a bit more space and they haven't got to get to the city as much. And so people are willing to go a bit further, um, I think, in Melbourne and, and go, you know, maybe they go to Coburg and they get a three, four hundred square meter block at the same price, which they wouldn't have been willing to do prior to COVID because they said, so, well, that's I want to get that commute time down as fast as possible, Um And so that's it's an interesting one, Brunswick. uh, You know, because those those dynamics, it needs that pressure cooker, the same as Newtown. When the city's hot, lively, people who want to live in Newtown, they'll want to live in Brunswick.
2: Mm, Interesting, interesting. you saw
1: a big big surge
2: in listings. So there was about forty six properties listed on average a couple of months ago. So that's down now to about twenty three. But that's fascinating because you have to go back. That that's kind of way up there and much bigger than what it's been in the last uh, couple of years.
0: But would that have been a result of really just everyone coming out of the gates? I think um, so. After lockdown? I think so I guess, and actually, I've just noticed in this list, it's only Sydney and Melbourne. Melbourne. So yes. It's basically, well, I guess that makes sense. The top searches for REA Group are going mm. to be in the most populous cities, right? Yeah. You know, there's 5 million, nearly 5 million people, give or take, in each city. So poor old, we won't know what the top searches suburbs in Brisbane or, or, Adelaide or what you know, Perth are going to be
2: in this we'll list. Will we? We'll ask them to do it for us. We
0: we'll should. We should. But I'd actually, in the article, we will. The the source article for this episode, um, we'll put the link in the show notes. And but what's funny is that, um, and I did read through that and had sort of some top ten search for units and it had things like Sandy Bay and Tassie and I'm thinking in Hobart and I'm thinking hmm. I'm not sure there's a massive amount of units in Sandy Bay, you know. <laughs> so, these lists make it out there, but it's like, are they really useful? Anyway, Um Moving on, Paddington.
2: Paddington. Um, so again, it's another one of these suburbs. Wasn't this a place where the Razor Gang's really were well known? This was a rough, oh, that was
0: Darlinghurst right next door. Um,
2: got it. Okay. So. <laughs> but going back 100 years ago, it was pretty rough.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Now it's now. It's... <laughs> Probably 300 years ago. It wasn't. It wasn't right? I mean, it's a fair point, Ken, but we're in 2020. so oh, sorry. Yeah.
2: I, you know, I'm, I'm going my age again. I just... A two million dollar maximum bracket. Oh God! Um, well,
0: I should say. I mean, Kent, I first met you at Balmain. You know, yeah. I sold your house in Balmain years yes. ago. Yeah. Um, that was pretty rough too. Back, you know, I way know. before
2: you bought I know. there. There's a theme. There's a theme. Um, so at the moment, about uh, the the average listing is going to be around that two point five million dollar mark. That's the rolling median over the last twelve months. So If you go back a year ago. That was 2.25, so that's been a big jump, a very significant jump mm. in, in prices there. Um, you know, units, um, 8.50 to 9, so there's been a jump in unit price, uh, median asking prices as well, so mm. that's quite big. Um, again, uh, look, the the we didn't have the same lockdown, but there's been that same ramp up, so about three months ago, and I, I guess, uh, you yeah, know, it's odd, it, it, was, it peaked at about 34, so we saw... An average of about thirty-four listings a few months ago, a couple of months ago, that's down to about eight now. So, that's a really interesting observation to see a ramp up of activity and now very, very, very few properties available.
0: Everything's flying at the door. It's sort of interesting because you know we we look in Paddington. I've got some clients looking in Paddington at the moment, and you know obviously watching. You know what comes on the market. It's always difficult to buy a good property and to find yeah. good property. You know this isn't just unique to the current market. And everyone's saying, oh, you know, listings is a problem, but it's sort of like, well, we did get quite a bit come on the market and it all got bought. So it's 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 the balance of supply and demand. It's it's not just listings because you're never going to get, you know, five times the amount of listings that you might get, but you will you can get five times the amount of buyers suddenly out there. Um, the other thing too is that. Um, you know, the affordability thing kicks in at times, and then all of a sudden, the next suburbs will start looking at appealing. You know, a ripple, and so a
1: ripple effect.
0: Yeah, the old ripple effect.
1: But I mean, Paddington's got something very unique about it. I mean, you could argue Willara uh, shows some of those similar traits because uh, they kind of cross over, but. You know, that sort of people always want to, you know, have Paddington potentially. If they want that terrace inner city life, but also access to the water and the beaches, really that's your option, right? Mm. And so, you know, and Paddington's always that one that if you want that life, uh, if there's any opportunity to buy in, and then a lot of people who are in Paddington just want to upgrade to a bigger terrace. Because yes. um, there's always they need more space and there's never enough space. So people get stuck in these smaller terraces because there's no other options besides leave the suburb. You know, there's not actually that many bigger houses that are affordable. Well, that uh, on the supply and demand piece though, it's less than half a month inventory. So
2: it's that's my yeah. One.
0: And it's it's a problem. And the same dynamic really um, happens in Balmain, you know, that people will stay mm. in a small place because they're desperately not, you know, they're desperate not to leave the area. So there is that upgrader. And in fact, that in a way, that's sort of one of those recipe, it's one of those ingredients in a recipe for capital growth. You know, are you in an area that people want to upgrade within and stay within and that's going to put keeps make listings
1: low yeah well it
0: ke- also it keeps them more prepared to pay more money to stay there than an outsider coming in um, but yes it's it's an interesting market at the minute i have to say in paddington and you know, I am not sure if I told this story on the podcast before, but there's there's this show on the ABC. It's it's oh, it's an old show. It's called Who's Been Slipping in My Bed. And it's an anthropologist that uh, goes to people's so somebody might have an old house and they're thinking well, what's the story in this old house and you know, he goes and digs into the history of it. And there was a couple that owned this property in Paddington. And so he dug into the history of well, why are there so many of these intact of terraces? Uh, in Paddington because, you know, there's other suburbs in ah, Sydney yes. where they're around, but they're not as intact. You know, there's been a lot more in Balmain that have been demolished, for instance, than in Paddington. Mm. And it turns out that just um, in, in World War II, sorry, <laughs> one couple, yeah, one couple in World War II, the subs came into Sydney Harbour and everyone got freaked out and went, shit. Sell out of paddock, Get the hell out of here! The Japs are coming, and so there was this mad exodus. And this uh, couple, um, and well, they weren't old then; they were a child-free um, couple. They were Jewish, apparently, and they were they were um, uh, like refugees from World War Two. And they they started buying up these terraces, and over the years, they accumulated something like ninety terraces. Legends. They. They were massive slum lords, like basically never, they did all their own maintenance. They never renovated any of these <laughs> properties. Uh, they did the bare minimum to keep them livable basically, but they, you know, and they they died and and I don't know, they obviously got left to somebody and all got sold, but the interestingly enough, this is why you've got this in the 60s and 70s when there was just some sort of pretty horrific, de- you know, demolition and redevelopment going on in other suburbs it didn't happen in Paddington because this couple owned so many properties. So there you go.
2: We well, we, I think we all should thank them.
0: We should absolutely thank you for not touching and ruining these these not renovating these houses. You know what I mean? That the very fact that they've been left intact with their the integrity and the original features may not have been great condition, but um, it's pretty rare.
2: And thank the Green Band for saving the rocks.
0: Yes, and Sirius is bearing on the market now. My sister is in Italy and she sent me a link for it. I was like, oh, "That's hilarious." Anyway, so kicking through, have we finished with Paddington? I
2: think we move up to Coleroy because we want mm. we want Chris to um to talk to uh, one of his favourite suburbs.
0: Is is this? Can I say is this potentially another another Hornsby made possible because of COVID and there is no train line up there?
1: Ah, uh, uh, Coleroy, I think. It's, you know, let's say you're moving from the east. A lot of people are moving from east in a west to the beaches. Um, just coincidentally, I actually drove through and past an open in Coleroy uh, on the weekend. And I, I don't know if it was what you were talking about, Veronica, where it was a COVID reason that the queue was huge, but mm-hmm. this was a ridiculously poor street, um, you know, cars flying past each other and the queue was massive. Um, and what people are doing is they go to buy in, say, Fairlight and Manly. God, it's expensive here. Let's go to Freshwater. Let's go to Queenscliff. Let's go to uh, Manlyvale. I oh, know we don't want to go that far away from the beach. Let's keep going up the coast. And um, Coleroy, sort of, you know, it's, a, I guess, a good option. Um, but that's getting too hot for people. So now people are going over to sort of Narrabeen and uh, Worrywood and things like that. So, um, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me, the Coleroy, because it was a little bit cheaper than, say, the freshies and and that sort of area. Um, So you get a lot more for your money, especially up on the plateau, but this is Coleroy.
0: So what's happened with prices there, Yeah,
2: Look, the prices have been pretty flat, but the inventory levels have gone down. So this might be a really interesting case of a a compositional shift. Um, So uh, but you know, price-wise, a year ago, two point four five was you know, your average listing price, and then we come back to today; it's about two point five four. So a marginal increase, but not not significant when you compare it to where inventory levels have shifted. So it could very much be one of those scenarios that we often call out that you know, if the only thing that sells are the lower end properties, or only thing that sells is the upper end properties, you will see that impact in the uh, in the prices.
1: Mm. potentially
2: more lower end properties have sold as a proportion keeping that median yeah and you only know that by doing the deep dive and I didn't do enough homework
0: well you also (laughs) only know that when you're on the ground and it's interesting and I remember certainly as a sales agent you know people be coming in they would have read up some data and they'd say oh prices in Balmain are falling um I'm not paying that for that I'm like well Plenty of other people will, so you're going to keep missing out. And it's like they're using this macro data and not understanding that, well, prices in Balmain might have been falling that year because, lo- you know, no waterfronts had sold. Mm. Uh, you know, um, it's actually, but, you know, however, all those little workers' cottages, they're going up. And, you know, if you're trying to buy it for last year's price, you're not going to. Uh, so it's that understanding the local dynamics is really important. But I've we sit down... And for every uh, property that we evaluate, we do a a very rigorous pricing research on it. And one of the things that we do, we look at how the median has moved in sort of three monthly steps over the past 12 months. And it's, look, it's an indication because we want to then sort of compare that to our sense on the ground. And I keep a monthly record of really what's happening um, to, to compare that against. And it's really interesting for every single suburb at the moment, a year ago to now, the median has gone up at least 20%, at least in every suburb.
2: That, that, we've that been you are at. working in.
0: Mm, that I am working in, yes, yes. And 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 then you see it sort of, it's so for, that's from a year to now, and then you sort of see for the last sort of in three monthly patches, you know, even since November, we're 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 looking at sort of quite often a five percent increase since November, and I know it's the median, but it's a, it's it's very indicative, and it's it's a pattern that's pretty much repeated suburb after suburb. So.
1: I think we not a it's lot in the next couple there. of months because there'll be a lot of auctions, and especially in, in late Feb, you know, late March. When does it really start to die off, Frank? Is, is it kind of late May? Is it when well, really, the auctions start closing?
0: Some years it never dies off, you know, and this mm. is the thing. So we the clearance rate according to Domain, and I've been following using Domain's clearance rates for years, so I can't change now because that's you've got to use the same source, right? But um, So it was 88 percent so, say um, last weekend. Now, February is typically the highest, you know, in a typical year you get the highest clearance rates in February because there's that pent up demand of uh, buyers, yeah. you know, that haven't had anything to buy at auction for say a six week period over Christmas. And then of course you get new buyers entering the market after Christmas and you get people re-entering the market who'd given up at the end of the last end of the previous year so you do get you know you get three groups of buyers basically all converging when there's no stock and so that's pretty typical to get you know strong market conditions in february now in a normal market where you know yes you'll start to see that listings will in- increase you know the ratio buyer to to each seller is going to decrease and, and it sort of slows down a bit, but then it ramps up a little bit over Easter because Easter you know is a period where people don't want to list, and then it slows down again into May mm. and into winter. But then into winter, nobody lists their property again, and it starts ramping up. The time and it slows down normally is the end of September, um, and that's usually at the point of the year when the listings and the buyers tend to meet in numbers. How, however, um, in last year obviously a completely disruptive year and it certainly didn't slow down it didn't spring it did not happen in a property sense and um you know so this year if, if the way it is started you know and the sheer volume of buyers out there compared to each property who knows who knows yeah. you know whether it will slow down
1: or not especially and if you look- can't go overseas and um yeah. you travel locally which is probably what meant it was not a a lot of the agents weren't going on their summer holidays in the Greek mm-hmm. Islands. Um, interest beta. rates
0: are what, two percent or whatever. So, you know, it's yeah, it's a different it's a bit of a different world and there's a shitload of FOMO out there, which is alarming, really. Um, anyway, so there one, you go. Good news one, everybody.
2: <laughs> one thing about Coleroy, um, the unit market's actually quite Buoyant, um, yep. so, mm. yeah. So very tight inventory there, and that's bucking the trend. Yeah. And when you consider why that, that is well, well, about fifty three percent of the the all all total dwellings in the suburb are um uh, units and apartments. Mm. So that's um that's a really interesting observation, I think.
0: But is that um and look, I'm not overly familiar with that area so are they I know there's been a bit of new development up there
1: it nothing like was. dy so yeah, okay. dy is yep. literally just down the road and mm. it is literally like high-rise heaven yeah um, or hell, hell. depending <laughs> on how you look at it um but dy is, actually I'd still buy an apartment in dy if it was literally on the beach side of uh I think it's Pitwater road um yep. and you know close to the beach you know not near the sort of the shops and things like that because you kind of get hit with the you know you're looking up at these big apartment blocks and you're in an old one but those there's a couple of little beautiful little um streets of little old apartments some have got pretty cracking views um up on the peninsula on the kind of the uh, headland there um but yeah Coleroy hasn't really got that's quite flat um there's a couple of big tall apartment buildings on the water there that you know yeah famously
0: been yeah save from falling into the water
1: yeah that's right and the one's just been um completely renovated there that is an amazing building like you would definitely want to own an apartment if you're going to buy one in colorado Mm. um because it's just outstanding views it's just you know shouldn't be built it's a little bit like the horizon building in darlinghurst that somehow got through council you know 20 30 years ago um and the only stands out like a sore thumb but it's got amazing views
0: no the building it's amazing yeah hawthorne
2: hawthorne back down to melbourne
0: Back in Melbourne?
2: I um, I used to travel through Hawthorne a fair bit, down working for a real estate portal down in Melbourne a few years ago. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> 2.1 million. I just, oh, look, the, the screen was taking a few seconds to load up. So that was just me trying to fill in some time. 2.1 million would be a typical um, <laughs> median list price back then. I didn't do a good job covering up there. Um, 1.8 million um, a, about a year ago. So in terms of asking prices, that's been a fairly significant jump. Mm. Um, so, so yes, uh, we would support the REA story there. Um, Unit-wise, um, they have also gone up, which is surprising because there's a lot of units around there. But I get mm. a lot of that to the new stock. There's so much new stock around that part of the world.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing mm. with with new stock when it hits the market, it sells at a premium compared to established stock, which makes it look like prices are rising, but it's uh-huh. actually not. It, it's once again, it gets back to that composition of of the data. Um, however, we did have a conversation with uh, with uh, Stuart Weems, yes. and we released it only. This Monday, um, yep. all about apartments. And, and, you know, he's Melbourne based. So, of course, he's, he's very familiar with the, those areas. And we did talk about Hawthorne. So, uh, if you're interested in the apartment market, and you should listen to that episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, Hawthorne, I worked there a year, uh, you know, maybe it was 2012, I think it was. I was, you know, Hawthorne, sort of Camberwell area. Uh, and they weren't building too much then. But I know that over the last, you know, five years that has built a lot of the stuff that suits downsizers and so it's the real bigger open plan sort of three-bed apartments that are maybe around closer to 1.5 to 2 mil. Um, and even on the busy roads, but, you know, there's maybe six or eight, you know, two or $3 million, like in Rose Bay in Sydney yeah. um, and in Bowman as well, they're doing those. So, um, yeah, that's, it's kind of like they really should be compared to the housing market because they're, they're really like the same sort of floor Um you know, spaces Space. say yeah. uh, as houses rather than, you know, 80 or 90 square meters. These are, you know, maybe 150, 200. So they're big apartments.
0: And look, there's some good developments in Melbourne, I know, that that really are targeting the um, yeah. the downsizer. But And you've got to think about there's some of the beautiful homes that are in Hawthorne. I mean, you talk about aspirational, um, you know, Victorian Italian at mansions, you know, ter- lots of beautiful big terraces. Like it is a very, very pretty. Uh, suburb with with a lot of that heritage and so of of course you know like you say downsizes they sell out of a big house like that, and they do want to stay in the area um yeah. and that's so that's a bit of a no brainer but yeah one but that's also that that thing we talk about about you know that the the difficulty with breaking down data. And also understanding, particularly in the apartment market, because there's, you know, you've got your, your investor stock right up to, to that sort of downsizer market, which is a completely different kettle of fish. So, you know, to be able to slice and dice that, you need to really have that local knowledge.
2: Uh inventory levels a year ago were in that super hot territory of you know, around one month, but they've jumped up a little bit now. So they're still in the hot territory. They're about two 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 and a half months of inventory. So mm. that's kind of bucked the trend a little bit. So you, you know, I wouldn't say softening the wrong term, but it's not getting hotter and hotter. It's, uh, it's, mm. it's just modestly come off the boil, but it's still hot.
0: So is it houses, public supplies?
2: <throat> this or is the houses. So the housing right. inventory level, it was below one. When this you know, report came mm. out from REA a year ago, but now yes. it's, now it's crept up to about 2.5. So but again, you wouldn't call it 2.5, you wouldn't say that's high level of inventory. Um, but unit,
0: compared to everywhere else, you might look at Hawthorne as maybe a bit of a buying <laughs> opportunity at the moment.
2: <laughs> uh, but units um, at the moment are sitting at around just above five months. so uh, there's been a significant step change there, so I think a lot of that's obviously relating to a lot of new stock.
0: And then Balmain, as oh. I often call it, the cherry on top of the inner west cake. Oh, um, <laughs> cherry on top of the icing of the inner west cake. You know, it's a it's three Ks from the city as the, as the crow flies. It's, uh, it's a peninsula, so it's surrounded by, almost surrounded by water on three sides, and um, it's got a village and ferry and bus transport city, uh, lots of terraces, lots of pubs, so Poms love it. Um, do tell. What's the story there? It's
2: the prettiest aerial image of them all, mm. I think.
0: Mm. It would be with all that water, all that harbour around it, and parks. There's some nice parks there too.
2: Beautiful. Um, around two million dollars is your average asking price for a listing. That's kind of uh, well, that's up two hundred k compared to a year ago. So wow, that's mm. been trending upwards, um, unit wise. Uh, about one point one eight three. So. You know, close to one point two million for a unit there. But if you look at the price segmentation for units is it's very bimodal. You've got a, a lot of expensive, you know, water view apartments and then you've got those that are sitting back, obviously. You know that all too well, Veronica.
0: Yeah, well, Meryton did um, a huge two huge developments, and we're talking now over sort of twenty twenty five mm. years ago. And um, Australand then did, and Greenland's did um, an enormous one, but that was with very very large apartments, really targeted at that sort of the north shore downsizer, and that was sort of done around roughly around the same time. And then then Australand did a massive big development, and there that's actually in Roselle, but it's on the peninsula. And after that, there's been little developments, but there's been no available land you know so to um so yeah there's been some smaller redevelopments etc etc but that's that's it in terms of uh volume of new supply um yeah so they just tick over now and you know there's always someone that wants to buy a unit in Balmain
1: mm. so I haven't looked at it for a while but I know that um there was planned be quite a lot of development potentially over this next decade with uh, a new metro station at White Bays. White Bay, um, yeah. Which is, you know, the sort of south end of uh, Um Now on the other side of the water where you've got all the wharfs um, and the docks there, um, that's potentially all going to be redeveloped as well. So, you know, there potentially could be a lot of new apartments that are going to be just on the edge of sort of Main. Um and, you know, around that sort of harbour there around the docklands. So um, you've got to be a little bit careful in Balmain if you've got something near that pocket that's pretty bog standard really. Yeah, Um, look.
0: Yeah. Can I I say that there, you know, when I say there's always a buyer, I'm not saying every buyer should buy that stuff. Um, You've got to be quite discerning. There's a lot of really pretty ordinary stuff in there. Uh, You've got to pick the eye teeth out of it. But you're absolutely right, down on White Bay. But that has been... On the cards on the table for decades now it's um a big part of it is this whopping great old uh um, power station, and the decontamination cost is. You know, prohibitive at the moment, yeah. so they're waiting for land value effectively to get to a certain point where it's cost-effective to actually decontaminate it. I think yeah. I think that's a, you know, but there's been a bit of a it's White Bay has been a bit of a white elephant in the sense that you know there's been so many attempts to to repurpose it, but it's been a real challenge. Um, the state government's you know heavily involved in, in this whole precinct. Um, but I don't think anyone's really landed on the right master plan or the right the right combination. So it's, God knows. Given that that's really been on on the go now, it's been discussed forever.
1: Forever. Well,
0: at least twenty years. It could be another twenty. You know, who knows how uh, long it's going
1: to take? Potentially, I mean, the, the train station is a hundred percent happening, and so that's you know already, already been approved by the state government, and that station is getting built by twenty twenty eight, twenty thirty sort of time. So. I think I just looked at the map. It's sort of Roselle Bay. That's, type that's that nearly to, 10
0: years ago in in, in head. So you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It could take 20 years. That's, yeah, that's it's true. So everything's sort of built period. out.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it is happening. So it's not like a case of, uh, now once you've got your train station in there, then, you know, it's much easier to sell the lifestyle, um, mm. sell the properties, you know, access to the city, access to all pubs. the way to Parramatta. Go to the pubs. Um, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, it, it's, and, and all the West Connect stuff is kind of, kind of getting done now. I know that Spaghetti Junction at Roselle will be done in 10 years. Um, mm. So I, I don't know, I think it's a pretty amazing spot, but there's, it's almost the whole area is a construction site for the 2020s. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit
0: of a, sh- bit of a shocker, that that little corner of the world. Yeah. All right. So that's been interesting. The the 10 most searched suburbs, according to REA, from a year ago. We to look at where are they now, in a way, is where yes. are they now? Uh, next episode, we are going to talk more about sort of, well, w- you know, everyone's saying the market across the country is hot. You know, regional's hot, cities are hot, Darwin's even hot, isn't it? Um, Always hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, boom boom oh. you know where's not hot and and we're going to talk about where's not hot in you know, outside the, the the usual suspects ie or the oversupply so that's going to be next episode but before we sort of this one up have you got an anomaly for us Kent for yeah
2: my anomaly is that the the search terms has not necessarily related to growth in all markets
1: mm. I'd love to get REA. We'll get. We'll ask Cameron or uh, Nerida to see if they'll come on and um, you know, see. I know when we look at the REA data, they've got they release these sort of weekly insights on um, trends yeah. of how many people are searching and how much is it up as a percentage over, say, the, you know, a certain point in time. Uh, and it's looking like 50 60% rise in the last 12 months. So, you know, yes, there could be dreamers. Yes, there could be people just thinking about upgrading but not taking it seriously. But then you'd be a part of those searches that are actually sending inquiries to agents and booking on, uh, you know, open homes and requesting contracts and all these sort of things, and that's the key. Like how much have they risen? And I'd love to get REA to sort of come on and talk about it.
0: It's like the whole country is coming to the property market, isn't it? Everybody wants to, to, to move. It's just what, a bit like a, what it feels like out there.
2: And it's filling overseas. I mean you, you'd be getting inquiries from expats. There's, there's a lot of people looking to mm. move back. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah we we have had a bit of that um it's interestingly enough though expats have been wanting to invest you know and it, and yep. tax wise that you know the situation has changed and it isn't as appealing to them as it has been in previous years however um you know it's a bit of a flight the old flight to safety isn't it and yeah,
1: um, finance um, is still an issue for them it yeah. really is uh you can't you know, a, you need a thirty percent deposit to borrow anything uh decent um and it's still haircutted for exchange rates, your bonuses aren't counted, um, et cetera. So it is still tough for expats to borrow any uh, a significant amount of money, um, even if they've got 30% deposit. Any under that, then, yeah, good luck. You're not going to get something. But, um, yeah, that, that's holding it back. If there was some changes with bank policy with expats, I think you'll see a massive increase in sort of people from overseas wanting to buy that are potentially mm. Aussies overseas looking to come home at some point.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah, as I said, I've had a few, you know, we've got a few expat investors on the book, so they've obviously got good jobs and good equity, I'd say. All yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, well, the
1: equity, yep.
0: Thanks so much, Kent. We'll see you next month. Look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, strap yourself in, guys. Market's on the rise.
2: These, <laughs> and the reviews, the reviews that are online, follow the the link from the website.
0: Absolutely. we got them.
2: Thanks for joining us. We'd love to see you again.
0: And remember, don't be a dumbo.